we'll take our text tonight from the first gospel, uh, from John, first John, chapter 4, reading verses 9 and 10. In this was manifested the love of God toward us, because that God sent his only begotten Son into the world that we might live through him. Herein is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the propitiation for our sins. We sang a lot already tonight about the love of God and heard a lot about the love of God. We sang such love, love lifted me, does Jesus care? Someone goes, oh yes, he cares. And he does. Are you thankful for the love of God? You know, years ago I was in the Safeway just up here on Woodstock, and uh, there was a homeless man sitting there in the deli area. And at that time they had tables that you could eat that deli food right there without ever leaving the store. And I noticed I was doing the same thing. And I noticed that uh, the store manager was keeping an eye on him. And when he was finished, he got up and he quickly started to head for the door. The manager quickly confronted him and said, you need to pay for that food. To which the reply came, I don't have any money. Well, I watched for a bit. It seemed like things weren't getting any better, and I felt compelled in my own heart to step in, and I asked the man, I said, if I paid for your meal, would you come to church next Sunday? And he agreed. Well, it took a little more convincing to get the store manager to agree, but he finally let me do that. For me, it was a matter of seeing a soul that needed the love of God, not so much the great need of a meal, but he needed the love of God. And like Paul said in 2 Corinthians 5.14, the love of Christ constraineth us. It constraineth us. It compels us to share the love of Christ. A few years before that, I was the one in need of a Savior. It was me that, that needed the love of Christ in my heart. And after all uh, that the Lord did for me, I felt constrained on that day to share it. When I think of God's love and the love of Jesus Christ, it amazes me. I, I just, I've never heard Jason testify. It blessed my soul to hear what of the miraculous change that happened in that home after his mother got saved. That's what the love of Christ can do. That, that amazes me. Colossians 1.15 lets us know uh, that Christ, who is God's Son, is the firstborn of every creature. It lets us know that He created everything. It tells us that, that uh, 
He is before all things, and by Him all things consist. It lets us know that uh, He is the head of the body of the church. You see, God uh, set Him up over everything. Everything. And that's uh, all things. It says that all things He might have the preeminence. For it pleased uh, the Father that in Him should all fullness dwell. God gave Jesus superiority over everything. He has the preeminence given to Him by God. And as it says in Philippians 2.9, it says, Wherefore God also hath highly exalted Him, and given Him a name which is above all every name, that at the name of Jesus... Every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. I think of all that, and I think, how marvelous is it that he should love me? Someone that has a preeminence over everything, superiority over everything, loves even me, and he loves you. I loved him, and if you don't love him tonight, he already loves you. Romans 5 8 says, But God committed his love towards us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. You know, it's not easy to love someone uh, that has done something, committed something against you. You feel quite the other way, you feel violated. But Jesus Christ, while we were sinners, he died for you. Amen. How are you going to beat that? It says, much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. That man in Safeway couldn't afford his meal. But I stepped in and paid a price that he could not pay. I couldn't afford the price for my sin. I never would have been able to. But the love of God sent Jesus. He sent Jesus. God sent His very, very best. Why? While well, we were yet sinners, so we could come and be reconciled to Him. So that we could know what it's like to share communion with God that was lost back in the Garden of Eden like we heard last night. Well, God had a remedy for that. His love. His love for you. Oh, and as it says so beautifully in John 3, 16, it's for the whosoever will. No one can say, it's not for me. Jesus died for you. You can be justified by his blood. What a price he paid. What a price he paid. He gave his life. The preeminent one became your substitute. I was reminded uh, just the other day uh, of a, Incident where there was a, a young little girl who had leukemia, and her blood type was very, very rare, and she needed a transfusion. And it was found as they searched through the donors that there was only one that was available to donate blood to her, and that was her younger six-year-old brother. Well, the parents didn't really want to put him through that, but as they realized that that was their only option, they uh, 
to them, and he, uh, the young boy to him, and they explained the situation that uh, his sister was very, very sick, and that she needed his blood to live. And uh, they said, would you be willing to give your blood for your little sister? And after much thought, he said with a happy heart, yes, I'll give it to her. That next week uh, went by, they said the young little boy was very kind to everyone and uh, very friendly. They said he acted much different than he had before. And then on the day uh, when it was come time to give his blood, uh, they uh, put the needle in his arm and he watched the red go up the tube and he seemed very concerned. And he looked up at the nurse and he said to her, when do I die? Think about that. You see, he thought that he was giving his blood to save his little sister's life. He thought, I'm giving this to my little sister, but I love her, so I will do it. He was willing to pay the full price so she could live. That's love. That's the love that Jesus showed when he actually went through it on Calvary. That's the love that he had for you when he said, I will do it. I will go through it. I will go all the way for you because I love you. His great love paid the price that you could not pay. 1 John 3, 1 says, Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when, we, when he shall appear, we shall be like him, or we shall see him as he is. Amen. We're going to see him as he is someday, if we remain faithful. He paid the price so that we could be called the children of God. Oh, join heirs with Christ. What a wonderful thing. Well, that's love. His great love gives us this glorious hope that we have tonight. Ephesians 2, 4. But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ, by grace are you saved. There again we see he loved us before we were saved. He's calling you. If you're not saved, he wants you to be, and he has provided the way. It also goes on to say there, Ephesians 2, uh, that it says, And hath raised us up together, and made us to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Just like we are here tonight. Haven't you just been blessed tonight? Haven't you just loved the songs, the specials, the testimonies? I tell you, I've just sat here and enjoyed myself. I thought, Lord, this is one of those heavenly places that you've let us be together here in. Well, that's now. But it goes on to say that in the ages to come, that he might show the exceeding riches of his grace, and his kindness towards us through Christ Jesus. Now that's our hope. One day we're going to be with him and see him face to face. Oh, we're going to meet our Savior and be with him and see him as he is. 
It says there a verse of that, by his great love, wherewith he loved us. You are loved. You might not feel like you're loved. Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you very, very much. That love provided uh, that way that we could be reconciled to him through Christ Jesus. You know, some people would like to pray, portray uh, God as the one that just wants to strike them down in condemnation. Nothing could be farther from the truth. He loves you. John 3.17 says, For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world. That's not why he came. But that wouldn't have been coming in love. No, it says, But that the world through him might be saved. The Lord came to save you. That was his great love that put him on the cross. His great love that held him there, kept him there. And he went all the way through it because he saw you one day needing a Savior. First, Second Peter 3.9 says, it lets us know that the Lord is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. You can just look any way you want and think this isn't for me, the Bible has an answer for it. Well, the Bible has a way to say, no, this is for you. This is directly for you. Oh, he, he came uh, to love you into heaven. He wants to see you there. Uh, the Lord, I am convinced, will do everything he can uh, to get you there. That's his love. God is love. First John 4, 7 says, Beloved, let us love one another, for the love is of God, for love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. When we come to him, he purges our sins, and he places within us something very, very special, his love. And his love is what creates this bond that we have together, that we can call ourselves brothers and sisters. You know, I don't feel like I'm in a group of strangers here. I might not be related to very many of you. I know I'm related to some, but I feel like you're all my friends. I feel uh, like I'm in a group of my brothers and sisters. And I feel like if you're not part of that group, I want you to be. But more importantly, God wants you to be. He wants to uh, put his love down in your heart. Something the world can't know, but it just automatically comes when the Lord saves you. It's just something. It's a fruit of salvation. You don't have to try real hard to love someone. No, the Lord puts it there. It's a wonderful thing that when the Lord comes into your heart, it's just a fruit of salvation. John 13, 34 says, A new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. You see, the Lord, uh, that was his, uh, his new uh, first commandment there. But then he goes, By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if ye have loved one for another. He gives the world the right to judge us. Do we have love one for another? God is love. He loves us. We love him. And then in turn, we love each other. It's natural. It's just a natural thing. First Corinthians 13, the whole chapter talks about the importance of having and showing love. Because without it, we are nothing. 
we're something. We're bonded together. We're knit together in love. It is a beautiful, beautiful thing. In Matthew 22, 37, Jesus said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two hang all the laws and the prophets. I tell you, you get those two. You love God first. You love your neighbor as yourself. You love your brother and sister. All the rest just falls in place. That's what it's saying. On these, hey, all the law and prophet, you just take care of those things, and the rest will just automatically be right where it needs to be. You don't have to worry about it. It just takes care of itself. This fruit of salvation again. The question tonight is, do you know the love of God? If not, his love is reaching for you. You will never get a better offer in life. Never. You might not know it, but you will never get a better offer. Just come to him and let his love search your heart. You know, we heard about the transformation in Jason's family. You know, I had an uncle that for most of my life, rejected the Lord. And uh, many of you know who my Aunt Gert was. She had a husband, Jim Coles. And Jim would do things like plan trips during camp meetings so Gert would have to be away from church. I, I still feel to this day it was Holy Ghost conviction. Uh, he would try to do things to avoid church and being around. didn't want anything to do Later in his life, he had a stroke, and his mobility was severely limited. His speech was limited. He could still talk, but uh, I just, I, I, I remember another thing, though, was that my anchor prayed for him every day. Every single day, she prayed for Uncle Jim. And as a kid... I used to love to go to Aunt Gert's house. She had a, drunk, a little junk drawer, and she'd let me go through that and pick things out. I, I just loved to be around her. She was the sweetest lady. But, but I didn't really like it when Uncle Jim came, i got to admit. He, he was grabby, and, and that's how I viewed him as a five, six, seven-year-old, and, and I felt uncomfortable. But before... Shortly after he had that stroke, Jim truly got saved. He truly gave his heart to the Lord. And what a difference. What a difference it made in his life. The home was different. And, and he, he couldn't, Jim couldn't really leave the house. But, but when someone would knock on the door or ring the doorbell, Tell Edgar, tell him, tell him. You see, the, the love of Christ that won him over constrained him to share what had happened in his life. And he wanted, whether it was a UPS man, mailman, whoever, to know about the change that the Lord made in his heart. Because of the love of Christ. That's the difference 
and it makes. Thank you, Jesus. Will you take it? Will you make it your own? He has given us, it appears, another opportunity to pray. And out of his great love, he would love to answer your prayer tonight. You're not going to have to wait till heaven uh, to feel how great the love of God feels. You can know this very night he will save you. He will change your life just like he did Jason's, just like he did Uncle Jim's, just like he did mine, like he did so many other uh, that are here. The Lord will change you. You can know this very night. The whosoever will. That's who it's for. The whosoever will. This is for you. Don't turn it away. Oh, embrace it. Like I said, you will never get a better offer than the gospel. And the Lord is extending that to you this very night. He will sanctify the believer. He will baptize the holy. Oh, he will touch the afflicted. He'll encourage the discouraged. What do you need tonight? What do you need? The Lord has it for you. Out of His great love, He'll answer your prayer tonight. God bless you as you pray. May He come down and touch you and meet your needs.